0: Grocery bills are up, gas bills are up. Inflation has been affecting everybody, specifically consumer price inflation. So, in this episode, we're going to talk about the key to solving consumer price inflation and why some ideas that have been talked about or thrown around wouldn't work and could actually make things worse. Welcome to Money Vision U. In this podcast, we are passionate about teaching the financial class you should have had in high school so you can learn how to fast track your financial freedom. If you want to learn how to make, manage, and multiply your money and see opportunities the way the wealthy do, then you came to the right place. I'm your host, Stuart Berryhill. Money Vision U, class in session. To start, let me define consumer price inflation by saying that it is the items of everyday goods that consumers purchase, whether it be food, gas, baby formula, toilet paper, so on, things like that, the price of those increasing. This compared to something like asset inflation, with things like the stock market or real estate, with investors overpaying for certain assets, putting it in a bubble waiting to burst, that that's a different topic from consumer price inflation. And I think there's different solutions for asset inflation compared to consumer price inflation. So with that being said, a lot of people have made it complicated on how to solve consumer price inflation, and I don't really think it's a complicated issue. But I'm going to tell you first the solution, and then I'll follow up with giving a couple of examples of other ways being talked about that would not fix it and that could likely make it worse. (laughs) So with that being said, the key to solving consumer price inflation comes down to simply this. It is increasing supply and lowering demand. That's it. That's what it all comes down to, a macroeconomics principle of supply and demand. So if that's the solution and we weren't there three years ago, what happened to make our supply decreased so much or so drastically that it actually inflated the prices on a lot of our goods that you purchase every day. Well, one big item I would say is shutting down the factories or the manufacturers during or due to COVID, which obviously COVID was a pandemic that caused a lot of medical stress, but we're kind of feeling the flip side of that from shutting down all these factories that now it's really hurting us and not to mention other countries pretty big time because now we are low on a lot of supplies that we need every day whether it's oil lumber steel different chemicals used to produce certain foods so on those are now way behind schedule due to covid and actually according to new research from realtor.com looking at the housing market The U.S. is actually short 5.24 million homes is what they say. I don't know how they exactly come up with that number. I guess they just kind of look at population versus amount of living spaces available or something like that. But technically, they're saying the U.S. is short 5.24 million homes, which is, get this, an increase of 1.4 million from the 2019 gap that we had at 3.84 million. So I don't know what percentage that is, but... That's a very large increase in just two or three years, and I've heard we won't even recover from that until like 2030, so (laughs) real estate is drastically in need of more supply. But a lot of this can be credited to supply chains really just being shut down because for a house specifically, you need lumber, you need steel, you need actually oil. I don't know if you know this, but oil is actually used to make a lot of our common asphalt shingles for roofs nowadays, but Supply has been so shut down even for an item like a window that you would be lucky to find someone who could install new windows in 6 to 12 months, let alone at a decent price. Long story short, if you shut down the supply, that increases the demand and thus raises the price because then they're just trying to keep up with the demand. So if there was a massive amount of lumber, massive supply of lumber, for example, a sheet of plywood wouldn't cost as much when we start to have less and less of lumber or plywood that the lumber creates, then the demand is going to cause that price to increase or inflate. Another issue that we have in America specifically is America doesn't actually produce a lot of its own stuff. A lot of it is actually imported from other countries, oil, wheat, whatever it is. We get a lot of it from other countries, and that can also take power out of our hands unless we start producing a lot of things in America. So that's why people have argued for something like the Keystone Pipeline in America that we once had that would end up helping with the oil supply and thus lowering the gas prices, which also in turn, if we have more oil, that helps lower the cost of fertilizer, which in turn lowers the cost of certain foods. And I mentioned asphalt roof shingles. I didn't realize that those used oil until recently when a roofer told me about that because they were talking about how backed up they are with roof shingles. And I was like, why is that? And, well, they're made out of oil or a large, I don't i don't know how they make them, but oil is one of the ingredients. So that was interesting. hadn't known that before. But a lot of this has been pointed to the Russia and Ukraine war, and that has certainly had its effect, although it's only the last six months, and we've really had a problem that goes beyond that. But the Russian-Ukraine war certainly has had its effect, but it's important to see that if there are any ways to rely less on others and incentivize producing more and more products and goods locally in America, that would help a lot with our supply issue. So we don't have to rely on other countries for some of our goods and commodities that we need. So then a war between two countries that is in a whole other continent might not take as much effect economically. So the point being here is to solve consumer price inflation, the key is increasing supply to be able to lower the demand and thus the cost would not be inflated. Now let's look at two ways that have been proposed that I've seen at least. There's probably others that I haven't noticed as much, but I know these are two popular ones that I have seen recently that have been proposed that would not solve consumer price inflation. First way that I've seen proposed that would not work is to print more money. That's an idea that has been thrown around. They don't just say print money. They call it a stimulus check. Or there have been people that have tried to propose giving citizens a $500 gas card. So it's some sort of stimulus type of money for gas. But how does that do anything to solve the issue of low supply? It doesn't help our overall issue that we just talked about of having low supply at all although it may feel good to get a stimulus check in the short run, but long run, look at how it comes back to hurt you and the economy. I mean, many would probably argue that the stimulus checks weren't worth it when they see the inflated prices that are out there today. It basically has had a net negative, so to speak, and the fact that let's say you got $1,200 from the government, or we'll just keeping an even number at $2,000 that you received in stimulus checks in 2020 and 2021. Well, while you may have received $2,000, how much have you lost due to inflated gas prices or inflated prices of goods that you purchase on an everyday basis at Walmart or something like that? You've probably lost, or I should say you've had to spend $2,000 more than you normally would due to the inflated prices. So, The stimulus checks aren't the complete source of all the inflation, but they definitely left a negative effect. The source of the inflation is low supply, but trying to combat that with stimulus checks left an even further negative effect. It's important to note that the government can print money, but it can't print goods. There was a lot of talk about the baby formula shortage that we've had, or I guess we still have. And there was an original bill that was proposed that was going to try and solve this problem by increasing salaries. I think there's $28 million that was going to be allotted to help baby formulas, like called the baby formula bill or whatever it is called. And the issue, though, is they were going to use like $23 million of that $28 million to increase salaries to try and help the baby formula shortage. And I think they revised everything to make it a little bit better, but Salaries weren't the issue. That's like saying gas prices will go down if more gas station employees are hired. That actually doesn't solve anything. We need more supply of whatever the good is that we are in short of. And having more employees doesn't necessarily increase that supply, unless it's a specific labor for something like mowing a lawn or an electrician. You can't have some factory produce that or robot AI te- technology produce that. You have to have physical labor to make that happen. And I'll also say this while we're talking about a bill that is proposed. A good thing to practice when hearing about different bills are that are proposed is to see where the money in that bill is going. Because a lot of these bills that are talked about by politicians, they'll be given these nice titles that sound generous, but they don't actually solve the solution. Or the bill names are really just smoke screens for where the money may be going. And so then they'll say, oh, how could you vote against this and that bill? Well, you got to look at where the money is going, specifically for something like the baby formula bill or whatever it is that is being proposed. It's always good to learn how to follow the money. Printing money does nothing but worsen the economy. Increased supply of goods is what solves the issue of consumer price inflation. The second way that doesn't work that I've seen is By asking businesses to actually lower their prices. Just out of the goodness of their hearts or whatever it is, they're being too greedy. People are asking businesses to lower their prices. And it can actually bother me a little bit when I see politicians who have never run a business and they propose this and they say this. Because very often, companies are really just trying to keep their margins so they can make sure that they are making their expected profit. Now, some people may just be raising prices just because they can. And in reality, they will do this until they find that the demand isn't strong enough for that product at that price. It's all an issue of the macroeconomic principle of supply and demand. But most of these companies, they really can't necessarily afford to lower prices. So, for example, there was a tweet from the White House asking gas companies to lower their prices. And so I looked into studying this a little bit, and I saw that the average margin for What a gas station makes for their cost of gas is 15 cents per gallon, but that doesn't even include the cost for delivery, employees, etc. So they really may end up netting closer to 5 cents per gallon. If that, I've actually heard people say they net like 2 cents per gallon, which isn't much. And so gas stations aren't just raising prices to raise them. And they're not all in truce with one another on raising gas prices just because. It's like any business in which they're just trying to keep their margins. A lot of gas stations actually make their money off of what is sold inside. It's kind of similar to the movies. A lot of profit doesn't necessarily come from movie theaters from making movies or selling movie tickets. A large percentage of a movie theater's profit really comes from the concessions sold. I mean, you've seen... The cost of a large tub of popcorn or a large coke at a movie theater. In the same way for gas stations, a lot of their profit doesn't necessarily come from the gas that is being sold, but the concessions or whatever they are selling inside of the gas station. So just asking businesses to lower their prices out of the assumption that they are being greedy with these increased or inflated prices, that's not necessarily looking at things through the lens or perspective of a business owner who is trying to keep their margins. Nor does it solve the issue at all of not having enough supply. Prices cannot be lowered without supply increasing. So everyone has been affected by inflation the past few years. And the key to solving consumer price inflation isn't printing more money or telling businesses to lower prices. The key to solving this is increasing the supply to thus help lower the demand. And factories being shut down put us years behind on different items, which has led to a lot of prices we see today, and the war with Russia and Ukraine has definitely affected the global economy. It won't be easy making up for lost time with lost supply, but figuring out solutions to bring in more supply is going to be the key to solving consumer price inflation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Vision U. If this is something that added value to you, then please subscribe, leave a review, and share. We are passionate about teaching financial literacy so you can learn to take control of your financial future. If you want to learn more, then follow us on social media platforms at MoneyVisionU. We look forward to catching you in the next class.